All right, isn't that awesome? Yeah. Yeah. As if you couldn't already tell, we had a fantastic weekend at DE Now, didn't we, students? Yeah. Now, now church, uh, let, me, let me tell you what you're in right now. We are in a celebration. So uh, I believe this firmly that those people who are people of God ought to be the rowdiest. They ought to be the most expressive of God's thankfulness and gratefulness. So this message that we have here today, it will go faster and better as y'all guys talk back to me here, all right? And, and listen, um, just as a quick backdrop, if we haven't met each other, I'm Pastor Seth. I get the privilege and the joy of getting to shepherd the 6th to 12th graders at our church. Yeah, but let me tell you, like, you guys are a sight for sore eyes. When I first was asked by Pastor Eric to share here, there was this minor blimp on the radar called... Um, the pandemic. If you ever heard of it before, Pastor Eric asked me to share before we knew the world was going to shut down. Crazy. And then uh, about a year and some change later, um, Pastor Eric asked me again to do it. And we had this crazy power outage, which was like unprecedented and we couldn't do it. So then I was again, I ended up inviting my neighbor to come over and have brunch and watch. And if you want, you wanted to awkward, man, it was awkward. It was like, okay, now it's ready for the sermon. He was like, Hey, it's you. What are you, what are you doing there? And so uh, I just, this is for my own sanity and my sake. I need you to pinch the person next to you just so I know you guys aren't an apprehension. Like y'all are real. If the person beside you is real, just say, yep. Okay, awesome. Hey, are y'all ready to dive in the Word this morning? If you got your Bibles, go ahead to Matthew chapter 5. Students, everyone, Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. We'll be picking up there shortly. While you're flipping there, uh, help me finish this sentence, okay? I have a granddaughter. Her name is? That's right. That's how I know that you're a faithful attender of First Norfolk, if you knew how to finish that sentence. Uh, if, uh, and guess what? You can tell a lot about somebody by what they talk about. True or not true, right? Um, and, and so that's how we also know that Pastor he's a Cowboy fan, Tissy. But let me tell you, man, I have not witnessed uh, someone who's more passionate about the gospel than Pastor Eric. So I'm very thankful, not only for his support this weekend, but all the people who made D-Now possible. I want you to hear this from me to you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you guys for your investment in not just the next generation, but the now generation. Um, aren't we thankful for them, students? We give, we thank them. Yeah, they, just want you to know, the, the admiration is mutual. Um, I've got to define this because this was our theme for this week, kingdom citizens. Everybody say that with me, kingdom citizens. Okay, when you think of kingdom, what comes to your mind? Is it a moat and, and walls? Is it, a, um, is it maybe the magical kingdom, right, Disney? Is it uh, an actual king or queen? Like, I don't know, the, you know, the British Empire. I'm not here to talk to you about that kingdom. I want you to know, and I'm not here to talk to you today about Elvis Presley, uh, Michael Jackson. If you don't know why I'm referencing them, it's okay. Uh, or LeBron James, he just broke the scoring record. Some people, you know, call him, he's, he's the best ever. He's the goat. He's, he's the, they call him King James is what they call him. But I'm not here to tell you about that king. I'm not here to tell you about the king of kings and the Lord of lords uh, who rules and reigns, who is a heavenly king and is seated on the throne. The king of kings and Lord of lords, say it with me, church. His name is? 
come on, come on. Hey, I, I'm not kidding, all right? I will preach better and faster. I, I went over in the first service, so y'all got to help me, all right? Y'all got to help me this morning. Uh, preach, preacher, preach, amen. Come on, somebody. All of those are good this morning as we dive into the Word. If you are in uh, Matthew chapter 5, go ahead and say amen. Amen. All right. So here it is, Matthew chapter 5. Man, I tell you what, this is a good word. I'm excited to share it with you this morning. Uh, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It isn't good for nothing to be thrown out and trampled upon on foot by men. Good for nothing. But thankfully, it continues. It is be thrown out and good for nothing. Uh, You are the light of the world. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand and gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Uh, uh, Turn to your neighbor and say, Hey, neighbor, you are salt and light. And And turn to your other neighbor, the one you neglected, and say, say, you too. All right. Uh, You you are salt and light. Uh, This message is not about celery and peanuts. It's about salt and light and what that means for the kingdom of heaven as we operate as kingdom citizens. Uh, there's so much that I want to share with you about it, but here's where uh, her, her, here's where I want to start out uh, is is simply this: uh, if we want to be salt and light, that means that we have to be the people that God has called us to be in His kingdom. And so today, for some of you, you may be thinking, um, "How do I know if I'm in the kingdom?" Well, we're, we're going to get there, and I'm going to share exactly uh, what the kingdom is. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. The kingdom is God's reign through God's people in God's place. Kingdom of God is God's reign through God's people in God's place. It's very simple. Uh, It's about eight words. That's a simple way to uh, describe it and define it. But um, whether or not we understand that is not as important as this. Sometimes we put other things on the throne of our hearts other than God. I just told you that there is a king. His name is Jesus. He's a good king. But perhaps this morning, perhaps this morning, there's something other than Jesus on the throne of your heart. And if that's the case, uh, I want you to know that there's a very simple word for that. Uh, Blatantly and plainly, uh, it's sin. Uh, sin is anything that we put before God. And it has another word that if, if you want to go there, and I'm going there, so get ready for it. it there's this other thing called rebellion. Uh, and anytime we put uh, the pursuit of fame or riches or uh, being liked by others or being seen favorably, I'm telling you, if you put your identity And we know that the search for identity is very real. If you put your identity in those things, they will not satisfy. What happens if the economy takes a downturn and you were stocked up on things going well for you financially? 
You'll be devastated. What happens if uh, you're staking your good reputation on something and you, and you say something or do something that's not seen in a good light? Uh, it happens all the time. We have people today uh, who will post a tweet or whatever it is that you have and then they want to take it down immediately because they know they, they messed up. I'm telling you that there is a better way and that better way is through the kingdom of God as kingdom citizens. Oh, church, if we would realize what that means to be kingdom citizens, we would never be tempted or alert to these other things that draw us, that take us off course. Uh, I'm here to tell you today, if there's anything on your heart other than God, and when I say this, I really, I want you to understand, it's not a case of whether or not something is on your heart. As if God's saying something is always on the throne of our heart. The question is, who is ruling and reigning in your heart? Um, have we gotten to the point where we've put God in a just one drawer of spiritual stuff? Hey, Pastor, I got my, got my Bible there. Hey, Pastor, uh, man, whoa, hey, Sunday, I can't wait. I'm coming to church today. God, forgive us where we have marginalized and compartmentalized God. God, forgive us where we have shirked our responsibility as the church to let the King of kings and the Lord of lords reign in every part of our life. God, forgive us where we have worshiped other things and, and called it acceptable. Oh, God, help us. Help us to be the people that he has created us to be. Uh, if you're tracking with me, say amen. amen. Hear that affirmation is again. Uh, verse 14, um, you are the salt of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen um, a, a city lit up on the hill. I, I can just remember the first time I went on a mission trip. I, I'd never had flown in a train before. Never had flown. That's amazing. Fly in a train. <laughs> to explain that to your neighbor the next time. Man. Futuristic right there. But the first time I flew in a plane, uh, looking out the window and seeing all the lights. It's a new perspective. Uh, I'm convinced of this. When we come into contact with Christ, when we see the true light that is Christ, we can't help but be changed by that. And we can't help but see things in a, a different light. And he says, beloved, you are, <laughs> you are that city on a hill which cannot be hidden. You are the light of the world. You, it says you also, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, <laughs> how shall it be seasoned? Um, I simply cannot look past this without telling you how significant this is. Uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if you know this, but uh, wars have been fought over salt. Salt is such a precious commodity. Uh, in fact, there's a town close by. I'm southern, so I'm going to pronounce it right, but it's Saltville. That's how they say it, right? But Saltville, Virginia got its name from the Civil War, and it was a strategic outpost that was owned by the Confederates. It was overtaken by the Union, and the question is, why did they want it? Well, they wanted it because it was valuable for keeping their boots cured through leather. You can't, you can't have, if you don't have uh, feet, if you, don't have, if you don't have the ability to march with with something as valuable as boots, you're in trouble. And then also salt was a preservative for me. This is going to be a shocker to some of you, but when Jesus says these words salt, there were no refrigerators. Um, has, has light ever gone out in your house before and you, you freaked out? 
right? You were, you, were calling the, you were calling dominion energy. You were like, please, when y'all can come? 5 p.m. is too late. I got I to gotta roast ham in there and it's going to go bad if y'all don't get here quick, right? I, I mean, like when the electricity goes off, there's, there's, a, con- there's a concern. Uh, but the same can be with salt. Uh, this is just for funsies, but um, have, have you ever heard somebody say, uh, <laughs> you ever heard somebody say, uh, take it with a grain of salt? Have you ever heard somebody say that? Uh, take it with a grain of salt. Uh, the reason why they say that, meaning, of course, hey, don't, don't think too much of it. Don't put too much weight or consideration in this. That's what that means. Uh, but they say that because the Roman soldiers used to be paid and compensated in salt. Uh, it's the word salarium. It's where we get the word salary. Translated in Latin, it literally means salt money. Salt has a great value, has a great commodity. I know some of you guys just went, what? That's crazy. Um, yeah, it was, some, can you imagine uh, like your, your commander, your guard, you come over and he just like, here you go. Here's your pay. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, but that's what salt was used for. Uh, salt has so many usages. Um, actually, I, I, did, I did this Google search for you. You're welcome. But salt has over 14,000 usages, right? And you thought it was just for seasoning, right? But no, it's actually a really powerful antiseptic. Um, you, can, you can put, you know, salt in the wound, you heard that before? but you can add it to that and it's, it's, it's powerful for being able to heal. It's also uh, something to where you can use as a, not just a preservative, but also um, as, a, as a change agent. And so uh, in the setting in which Jesus is sharing this message, where it's the Sermon on the Mount, uh, we have this uh, geographical place that's near the Dead Sea. Uh, show of hands if you know what I'm talking about when I say the Dead Sea, right? Um, the, the Dead Sea is full of salt, but it's also got several other things that are there in it. It's, some of them are like bromine and uh, you've got chloride and you've got all these other components that are in there. Um, but this is used in order so that uh, uh, the people around the region are able to benefit from the many usages of salt. Um, now, somebody during that time uh, y'all just have to go here with me. I know it's hard to think about a world where you don't have to go on Amazon, right? But uh, back in the day, you would actually have to go to everything that you needed. You need to go to the marketplace. And so uh, a clever salt diva, somebody perhaps who made a living by selling dog, could deceptively and cunningly sell salt in the marketplace, convincing people that it was pure salt, and really when it was something else. And so they would go there and then they would go to their house and while they were cooking or, or whatever, using that salt for whatever purpose it was used for, they would realize, I've been scammed. This is not the real thing. I thought this was pure salt, but in fact, it, it's not. And so that's why it says in this verse, if you're tracking along with me, it says that it's not good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under feet uh, by men. So literally, they would be in the kitchen and they would throw the salt out because it was good for nothing. Uh, I think that's where we get that phrase from, uh, even, even there. So it, uh, read on with me verse uh, 15. Yeah, verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, it gives light to all who are in the house. 
There's a simple, there's a simple song. Perhaps you heard it when you were growing up. I learned this in uh, VBS. This was my jam. Like, you thought students were jamming last night, you know, at the silent disco. Uh, it, if you know it, you can just join me, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a solo, and I'm going to hope you join me, okay? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Y'all know there's seven stanzas. We're not going to do that tonight. But I'm saying the next one is don't hide it under a basket. No, I'm going to let it shine. Again, another shocker that this will come to you. Uh, Not only did they not have refrigerators to preserve the meat, but they also didn't have electricity. And so because they didn't have electricity, when Jesus says, you are the light of the world, this was no small statement. They would have immediately thought of the light that comes into the world as a new day begins. And as the light breaks through uh, the window pane of their day. Um, I'm here to tell you, church, my concern for us is not whether or not We are the light of the world. My question is, how greatly are we shining? Uh, What are we, are we using the capacity and the power of light that God has placed through us? And I want you to know there's no greater light of the world than Jesus. Amen? There is no greater light of the world than the one who lives in us and the one who is in us is greater than those in the world. So the question is, how does salt um, lose its uh, savior? It's when it becomes don't miss it. It's because it comes mixed with the other things of the world. Actually, in the Beatitudes, right before this passage, referred to as the Kingdom Manifesto, where we're at this morning, it says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Oh, oh to see God. <laughs> to see God high and lifted up. To see God in every facet, in every school, in every place that you work, wherever you go. Listen, we don't need more pastors in, in the church, we need more people to be lights where God has placed you. Uh, we've got this, it, it can happen. I feel like I'm preaching it this morning, but I want you to tell that um, sometimes what we'll do is we'll say, let's take those that are in the public school and maybe let's, let's take them here to, to be a part of that. And listen, uh, when it comes to being a light, there is lights that are needed in every facet. It's not about what, where your school you go to or what you do, but it is about whose light that you are shining where you go, right? And, and if the, the lampstand is covered, what good is that? What good is electricity in your house if you don't use it? What good is the light that's within your chest that's, that's beating and has given you purpose and, and passion and, and a reason to live if you are suppressing that? My, my, my daughter, I've got a daughter. Her name is Sayla. And uh, yeah, 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 she's uh, She is uh, eight months old and she loves, she loves to go to Lowe's. She loves, you know, she loves to go to Lowe's. Um, and specifically, she loves to go to the light section. 
And it's, it's precious. So I just hold her like this. And I walk. And she's like laying on her back looking up. And she will stay there as long as I'm there. She is allured to the light. She's attracted by the light. There, <laughs> there are two words that define the quality of our light. Um, look in verse 15. I want, you to, I want you to see this. It says that there's a purpose in that light. And this purpose in that light <laughs> is this. All right, everybody look, everybody look up at me. You are meant to be salt and light for the glory of God. That's it. Um, it. This is not a filler. This is not just something extra that sounds good, that makes it sound more spiritually charged. You were created to live for the glory of God, to allow God to rule and reign in your heart so that you can further his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Wow. Amazing. My concern is that we don't have, it's not that we don't have the capacity my concern is not that we don't have uh, the power, but rather that that capacity is not being utilized, uh, whether that capacity is not being implemented. Uh, the only way that you can know whether or not the light bulb works is, is, to, is to turn it on, yeah. is to be the light. In church, you are salt, you are light. Um, I see the light breaking through in our life groups at the church. I see the light breaking through uh, when we gather every week. Uh, and rest assured, when we meet as men, let me hear you, men. Who? So like when we meet on Tuesday, the men, we're, we're having a men's gathering that, that will be there. When, the, when we gather as men, that will be an awesome time for the light of the church. It's like when you guys are holding each other accountable and getting in the word and you're memorizing scripture and, and you're praying and you're saying it, it, more than just how's your week going, but how are you being salt and light in the world? How are you making a difference in those around you? How are others being uh, affected positively by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who rules and reigns in your life? Church, when we are salt and we are light, the world takes notice. <laughs> the world sees that there's a difference in you and me. Uh, the, the world sees that, wow, they're, they're being extraordinarily kind to me. Like, why? Uh, they don't seem to have this thing of like, they're so like, competitive or uh, so self-seeking. They're God-seeking. Their confidence seems to come from God, not, not from, you know, their, their own intellect or their, their own personality. That's, that's different. Uh, they're meek. They're humble. They, the Bible says, poor, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> the Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. <laughs> um, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. <sighs> Hear me, church. If, if we are going to be salt and light, then <laughs> the only way that they're going to be able to See and experience that salt and light as if that we are able to taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm going to say it again one more time because I want to make sure you got it. If other people are going to taste and see that the Lord is good, then that requires that we must be salt and be light. You hear that? One last passage and then uh, we'll, we'll close. Um, I'm, I'm speaking this over to you. Consider this your charge. Consider this your commission as kingdom citizens to be salt and light. Because I, I, feel, I feel that you know the, the supremacy of the kingdom, who rules, his name is Jesus, and his role that he has for you to play as kingdom citizens. We're not home yet. 
The kingdom is now, but not yet. We're not there yet. You have a divine assignment to be salt and light. But what does that look like? Oh, man, Pastor Seth, if you could point to somewhere and say, like, this is what salt and looks like, salt and light looks like, then that would be great. Well, you know, <laughs> here you go. Uh, Isaiah 58, 8 through 12 says, Then your light will appear like the dawn. And your recovery will come quickly. Your righteousness will go before you, and the Lord's glory will be your rear guard. At that time, when you call, the Lord will answer. When you cry out, he will say, here I am. If you get rid of the yoke among you and the finger pointing and the malicious speaking, and if you offer yourself to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted one, then your light will shine in the darkness, and your night will be like noonday. The Lord will always lead you, satisfy you in a parched land, and strengthen your bones. You will be like a well-watered garden. God, make it so. Uh, And like a spring whose water never runs dry. Some of you, First Norfolk students, church, some of you will rebuild ancient ruins. You will restore the foundations laid long ago. You will be called the repairer of broken walls, the restorer of streets where people live. Oh, that God would make us like this. Oh, that God would move in his people in such a way that we would seek to be the light of the world, to restore, to repair, to rebuild. You know why all of those things are needed? Because our world is broken and it is marred by sin. And if we want to see in the difference in the world, then we've got to be the change agents. We've got to be the change agent that salt is. We've got to be the light, the impact and the power of the light that is. If we want to see God spill over in the best way possible, right? If we want to see God break through and move mountains in ways that we've never seen before, it requires that the people of God decide to be who God has called them to be as salt and light. All heads bowed and eyes closed. If today you would say, Pastor said, the kingdom of heaven sounds awesome. I want to be a part of it, but I'm not sure I belong to God. I've sang the songs. I've prayed the prayer, um, but I'm not operating like pure salt. And I want to see God's presence in my life. My prayer is that some of you, although your eyes are now closed, that your eyes would soon be open for the first time. Hear me this morning as the spirit draws Doing good is simply not good enough to save you. We all need a savior. A king who lives a righteous life and has the power to redeem us from our unrighteous lives. This is what Jesus accomplished through his death and resurrection on the cross. And you can call on him today because the kingdom of God is shaped like a cross. The cross is enough. A sin is nothing more than your attempt to take God's place on the throne. But praise be to God, he took your place on the cross so that you could be saved. And here's the best news. When Jesus rose from the grave, it was a public declaration that nothing could stop God's reign from advancing on earth, not even death. Jesus is the resurrected king who brings God's mercy and majesty into a world that is broken by sin. Through the cross of the kingdom, you can be saved. The Bible says, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I invite you to receive the kingdom of God in your life today. In this place and in this time, if that's you, you say, Pastor Seth, I want to be a kingdom citizen. I want to know that I know that I'm saved. Not only that I know where I'm going, but I want to see that happen in my world. I invite you to pray this. Dear Jesus, just said, you can pray this in the quietness of your heart or out loud. Dear Jesus, 
I know that I'm a sinner, but you are a savior. Save me. Come into my life and change me. I want to live for you. Every fiber of my being, Lord, make me who you have called me to be. I believe you died on the cross for my sin and that you are resurrected. Come live in me. Help me to live for your glory, God, all the days of my life. Thank you for loving me and thank you for saving me. No one looking around. If you prayed that prayer and you meant that, just, this is just between me and you and God, if you would just extend your hand there so I can see it. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome. Praise God. Yep, yep, I see that hand. Um, for everyone here in the church, I'm looking up in the balcony. Um, you can go elbow extended, all right? It's just me and you. Awesome. Praise God. Praise God. Over here to the left. Yes. Hands up all over the room. This is awesome. Praise God. All right. Everybody can look up. Okay. Um, today is the day that the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. But we have good reason to be glad in it because God just ransomed and rescued people into his kingdom. And that's something worth praising him for, isn't it? Amen. Amen. Listen, we didn't lead you into the kingdom to leave you. <laughs> and so uh, this, is a, this is a place where you can lean into the light, the salt and the light that God has called you to be. And anyone around you, I'm sure, would love to help take you into a deeper place of intimacy with God that he would be the core being of your identity. And so in this time, there's a couple things that need to happen. Um, as we're worshiping, uh, for those who've been saved, praise God. Um, but we need to have a heart-to-heart conversation. Thankfully, we've got people waiting for you in the next steps. So as this song plays, that's you. I just want you to get up and go, all right? I want you to get up and go and um, go find someone to talk to them because we've got next steps for you at the church. For some, uh, you guys made that decision last night. <laughs> and so we're going to have baptisms here in just a little bit. We've got four that are going through with baptism today, this morning, right? Amen. So, so amen. So some things are unexplainable. And I, I can tell you that the spirit moved in such a special way. Um, seeing tenderness of students' hearts crying because of the spirit moving in their life prayer leading them to repentance and, and god ordained tears so god that he would do that oh lord that he would do that in our church in our city in hampton roads and in the world this is my charge to you guys as we sing this song as kingdom citizens you are not only in christ you are the salt of the earth you are the light of the world. So church, be salt and be light. Amen.